0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherm in the booth. Ooh, ooh. My name is Sherm. You guys are some true Chicagoans for coming out in January. It's snowing outside, it's freezing, and you're at the club at 1 a.m. Boys with the bass, yeah, boys, boys, bass. Who am I talking to right now? You're famous. <laughs> free food, free drinks, music. Girls, let's, let's go. go! Do you like it? Cool. If you don't, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing the most important part, the the of- yeah. We should throw, like, a crazy, like, bar mitzvah party. This, this is crazy. Send me stems. <laughs> i finished <laughs> it. Hey, what's up, guys? How is everyone doing?
1: Just wait, you know it
0: kicks in like three to five seconds afterward. Yo, yo, what's up everyone and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm of course your host Sherman, today is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022 and this is episode 199. Wow, we are just one away from 200 and as excited as I am to make it there, we've got to pause and appreciate how great of an episode we have for you today. SITB199 features the multifaceted EDM content creator Emma Capodes. Emma is so dope on many levels and has built an incredible brand through her content and podcast called Rave Culture Cast. I've been a fan of her for a long time and it's so great to connect with her one on one. In episode 199 we got it all in and started by talking about her journey into dance music. Emma was born and raised in New Jersey and fell in love with dance music after her first EDC in 2015. She started going to more festivals and shows across the U.S. and quickly realized there was a huge gap in content relating to preparing and reviewing these festivals. She started a YouTube channel and began building the Emma Capotes brand. Today, she has over 75,000 followers across various social media platforms that she all grew on her own. Amazing. Amazing. When I say that Emma is a content creator extraordinaire, I mean it, and Emma has many different types of media that she creates for each social channel, varying from show reviews, festival fashion tips, artists to watch, product partnerships, and so much more. Emma and I went deep on how she stays so consistent and develops new ideas for social media. Tons of great stories and pieces of advice in this portion of the interview. Of course, we talked about her podcast, The Rave Culture Cast. In April 2019, Emma started her podcast as an outlet to discuss new topics and build a community that can connect with each other across the world. Rave Culture Cast has been growing so much, and she recently started incorporating interviews with dance music artists like Elohim, LPGOB, Nostalgics, Kyle Kinch, and more. It's seriously such a great podcast. You just gotta love when two content creators and podcasters get together and have a conversation about dance music. I had so much fun getting to know Emma, and I'm truly inspired by her commitment to the community on every level. Make sure to give her a follow and check out her podcast. Now, enough of me talking. Let's get into it right now so you guys can hear her story for yourselves. This is episode 199 with Emma Capotes. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm here with my girl, Emma Capotes. What is up, Emma?
1: Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. I got to tell you right away, without a doubt, you have the best setup out of anybody that I've had on the podcast. <laughs> Camera quality, microphone quality. She even has headphones on. Usually oh, yes. someone didn't turn the lights on and it gets very dark halfway through the interview or the mm-hmm. microphone doesn't work or they're getting calls. No offense to any of my people that I've had on before, but commend you for the professional setup.
1: Thank you. you. I was going to say, it's very nice chatting with you because you get it. You do this professionally. We've got the lighting. We're all ready to go. I'm pumped.
0: That's right. I send send a respectable, hey, I'd like to have you on the show. Here are some (laughs) dates, follow up before. You are still good to go. Guys, she was on the money at seven o'clock central tonight, and I appreciate (laughs) that so much.
1: No, I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, yes. So I've been uh, following you for actually probably a little longer than you know, but I really started to hear about you through our mutual friend, Alex Amaro, um, and through everything that you've done with gray area in the past. And uh, again, I just want to just show you respect and admiration. You work so hard and as a fellow content creator, um, I don't think everybody realizes how much goes into it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just want to tell you like, dude, I respect the shit out of you for everything you do. Like it's great and it's creative and it's high quality and it's fun and it's informative. (laughs) And it's just like so cool to see somebody else trying to build a community like I am. And mm-hmm. I don't view us as competitors, even in the slightest. Like it's all about collaboration over competition. And I have a lot 100%. of respect for what you've done.
1: Thank you so much. I Yeah, I could not agree more. I know we were chatting. It's just nice to see other creators in this space, like doing their thing. Because I think mm-hmm. so many people don't realize like if you have a passion for something, you can literally make it happen. So right back at you. You've had some incredible guests on here.
0: Yes, I've had a lot of fun with Sherman the Booth, but this is episode 199. And to me, this is great timing, because I feel like things are going so well for you. And you've got a lot of exciting stuff. And it's a great year for dance music. After the past couple Mm -hmm. years, we've had a lot of uncertainty. Also, congratulations on getting married and getting a dog.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're next. Yeah, I
0: am next, we are very well-rounded.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. I, it didn't mean to happen that way, but like we came into 2022 hot, uh, like right out the gate, getting married yeah. and getting a puppy, but very much looking forward to festival season and more, more exciting sure. things.
0: Now I got to ask real quick, your husband, is he into dance
1: music culture? no not really my
0: fiance is not either wow okay I'm not the only one
1: (laughs) that's so funny I'm sure like does she listen at all or she's just like go to your thing no I mean
0: like she likes she comes to shows she likes the podcast but she's not like talking in my ear about it like I talk about it all the time you know
1: that's so funny yeah No. another another thing we can relate on yeah no he uh I think when we met I was like just like getting back into uh, my YouTube channel, which is what I started on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think he was just like, so out of that world, but just respected (laughs) it. And he's been like number one supporter. He bought me my first camera for Christmas. He bought me the microphone for Christmas. So he's always been like, go to your dream, make it happen. I'm going to sit back here. (laughs) Not (laughs) know what you're talking about, but you do, yeah.
0: I love it. What's his name? Brian. Brian. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Mm -hmm. Maya supporting us through our creative endeavors. We appreciate you guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Glad we can relate on that. So I've got a lot of things to talk to you about today. Um, You're multi-hyphenate in every sense of the word. So many professional skills we want to get into. But I always like to start these interviews off with a question. And I think you're going to like this one. Mm. You're clearly a fan first and genuinely love music. Do you remember your first live show experience or the music experience that you really made you fall in love with dance music?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I immediately went to like my first live show experience which was like both. probably yeah, in, <laughs> was in college and it was one of those like it's life in color now but it was sure. day glow at the time
0: yes it, yes 2011
1: sure. was a fun time that was my first the like best time yeah that it really really was it was a good time for for dance music so that was my first like show experience being like whoa this is dance music um honestly I would probably say EDC Las Vegas 2016 had some pretty remarkable sets. And I remember it was the first time I saw Above and Beyond and Eric Prids wow. that year at Circuit Grounds. And those two artists are like solidified as some of my favorites. So I would say those two sets, I was like, boom, mind blown. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Above and Beyond does things a little bit differently. I love yes. it. And so does Eric Prids. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. answer there, actually.
1: They're both. And I will never miss an Eric Prydz set. No.
0: No, for sure. Yeah. He's. I think he's coming to Chicago. He sells. He sells out one night. They know that's going to happen.
1: Right. Another night. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. No. He's. He's amazing. He's on the Arc lineup, too. Very excited oh, about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, with Adam <laughs> Bear, right? Yeah.
0: Have you seen mm-hmm. one of those sets?
1: I did. Yeah, I saw them twice. Uh, they just came back to New York in December, and it was like one of the most. Okay. filthy thing sets I've ever seen in my life okay, it was so ridiculous
0: you, you like techno I just yes it
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more and more into it. I'm definitely not on the like expert level yet but there's been a an evolution in our music taste for sure
0: for sure yeah you yeah just, you keep wanting it to go faster and faster and louder and louder. yeah I feel yeah. you and they deliver yeah I've, mm-hmm. I've been to movement a few times and uh that's where I like really mm. was like Wow. Talk about a subculture and a subgenre, you know, like with techno realm, how Mm -hmm. much goes on there and the fans. I mean, it's all different. That's one of my favorite parts about dance music is like, it's not just EDM. And uh, you've talked about this a lot and I've Mm -hmm. talked about it a lot, but like there's just so much more than that. And honestly, going back to 2011, like you said, we have a lot of people to thank the EDM boom, you know, Avicii Mm -hmm. levels came out right around then. I remember I saw Avicii, that was my first like electronic show. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a freshman in college. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what the hell is going on? This is amazing. Like everyone's smiling. I'm dancing. I'm jumping. I'm singing. Oh my gosh. I was just hooked. Such a special time though. And and when people Mm -hmm. talk like, I mean, they talk shit about EDM. I'm like, dude, I'm grateful for every single track that has come out that Mm -hmm. I've loved or even not liked because it's helped lead me to the direction I'm in now.
1: For sure. Yeah. No, I, I forget who I was chatting about with this. Cause obviously there's like different generations of dance music fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's, you know, the one we might relate hardest to, because that's when I discovered it, like the yes. 2010 to 2012 kind of like era. Yep. Um, but you, you can't be mad at it. It was such a good time for yeah. music and at being at that age in college, like naturally it was going to be wild and crazy and it was fun and partying, but, mm. but then a lot of people drop off and don't continue with it. And then there's other people like us who are just like, Nope, we're hooked for life.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. <laughs> was, the hook was in very deep. I have not yeah. been sent back out to water. I am still frying on the fucking EDM grill. Yeah. Floor, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So where'd you go to college 2011? You first saw your first show then, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was a junior in college. I went to the college of New Jersey, stayed near home,
0: New Jersey, baby. Yeah. I love the East coast. <laughs> it is awesome. there. great people, great food, so many different types of mm. culture and yep. you're from North Jersey. So I imagine you went to a lot of shows in New York and stuff then.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, That was pretty much it. There's not, not too much going on in yeah. Jersey.
0: Did you, that's true. Did you yeah. have like a lot of friends that you went to these shows with, or were you kind of like solo dolo when it comes to love and dance music?
1: We had, so I was in a sorority in college and there was like my three other like core girlfriends. And we did the first like EDC Las Vegas 2015 was my mm-hmm. first big festival ever. Wow. Um, and that was kind of like our group when we did a lot of shows and festivals like after that, but now it's actually been a really nice evolution because as I've gotten older, I've gotten like a whole like festival group of friends and just mm-hmm. even like colleagues and stuff like that. And they're some of my best friends. Now I have some of like my deepest conversations with these people. And now it's nice because I can either, even if I'm attending a show for work or not, mm-hmm. I have like a whole new group of people who are like literally always down to be like, yep, I'll come to that with you. No problem. Let's do it. <laughs> it's I so nice, right? People. Yeah.
0: Shout out to our bad influences, but we love you.
1: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. No, but it's it's nice. It's kind of like the crew we have for next week for, um, for Ultra. It's just like a whole mix of people which will be really fun
0: that's been one of the best parts to me about um honestly dj culture for me you know like Mm -hmm. i grew up in indiana kind of like jersey there's not a lot going on right like i had Mm -hmm. one friend that showed me warp 1.9 by steve aoki and the bloody beat roots like Mm. and my mind was blown and then he showed me brazil by dead mouse and i was like does anybody else like this why haven't i heard this before he's (laughs) like "No, no i don't even know nobody likes it yeah and then i go to college and like people like EDM and stuff. Right. But like, still there was not a lot of people who like loved dance music like me, you know, I was going to spring mm-hmm. awakening Chicago and of course all of Palooza, and going to the electronic stage every time. And then when I, one of the reasons I came to Chicago was pursue a career in music, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I became really good friends quickly with people that I was going to these shows with or making music with. And mm-hmm. that was weird for me as someone who like grew up like with friends that I've known since elementary school that are like standing in my wedding, you know, like,
1: right. Right.
0: It's weird. I'm like, I was like kind of had like, I don't want to say his identity crisis, but I'm like, wow. Like I feel a strong connection with this person because Mm -hmm. they're out here hustling like me or they love music like me. I've never had these conversations with other people. And um, Mm -hmm. once I kind of realized that like, it's okay to have different relationships with people in your life and that's kind of how it goes. That's growing up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree that. I just think of the word alignment when yep. you say that, because I've met people like that too within the last few years. It's I think it's also like the common interest and in like people on a so, similar wavelength or career path too. Mm-hmm. just that connection is like so different and special. And it's nice <clears throat> just to have that relationship with somebody. So I've felt that way too. I've like met certain individuals and I'm like, we were meant to meet Yes, like at this time in our life, <laughs> we're making each other better people. Like it's a good, it's a good fit. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's not cliche, people. It really does happen. No,
1: it does. It does. I don't want to get all woo woo on you guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't want
0: to get all woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you can relate there. Yeah. Um, so something I always love asking about too. I mean, like I said, you're a fan first, but there was a moment, obviously, for you, or probably over the course of a small period of time, where you said, "All right, I love dance music. I want to start creating content. I want to turn this passion into a career, possibly." Mm-hmm. You said you had a YouTube channel, sounded like you kind of stopped doing it for a little while. What was going on during that time? Why did you decide to start creating content?
1: Yeah. So it was, it really just came out of like, I, so I, you know, had gone to EDC, which now like I've, you know, graduated, I've done a lot of other festivals, but still, still holds a special place in my heart. So my favorite, um, it was in between 2016 and 2017, like, you know, obviously YouTube has been a platform for a long time but I was just simply like YouTubing videos. Like, what do I pack? What do I wear? How do I prepare? (laughs) And there was literally like, I remember there was one girl and maybe one other video by this guy. That was it. So there was not like music festival tips and advice Mm -hmm. content. So after doing 2016, I was like, okay, I have two under my belt. Like I can just speak about my experience and tell people because clearly other people must be looking and having these questions and hello, YouTube is a search engine. So (laughs) that played in my favor. And I just started making videos to like help people prepare for festivals. Um, and then EDC was like my primary content. So I definitely grew because of that, but I did like makeup content in the beginning and other fun stuff. And then over the years, just really like straight up pivoted it towards like, a lot of just like rave and EDM and festival content. Uh, wow. And then the other platforms kind of came later, but I started that in March,
0: 2017. Wow. And yeah, you've grown so much. I mean, your YouTube is amazing. You've got 25,000 subscribers across 530 videos. Yes, I do my research. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of videos with over 10,000 views. One with 225,000 views, which is okay. the different types of EDM genres explained. Like, let's go, go Talk watch about that. Like, Talk about like simplifying the whole process, right? And I think it's so awesome what you put out there. And I mean, listen, I just ordered the book, like the YouTube Bible or something like that. And mm-hmm. you you wrote this thing, like your <laughs> thumbnails, your cover, like your organization, like I love it. So it's like, it's so cool to see how much one you care about giving back. Like you found the void kind of accidentally, right? And then you were mm-hmm. like, oh, well, there must be a demand out there. I'm not the only person.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And then, I mean, it like, just escalated from there. Cause I was doing obviously electric zoo here in the city, mm-hmm. um, and like other festivals like that. And same thing. I was just like, no one is literally making videos. So that's kind of just how it expanded. Then I would say during lockdown, um, I obviously had to pivot my content cause we didn't have any events or festivals yeah. and I could have had a panic attack, but I very quickly was <laughs> like, like, this is where we get to be fucking creative and we get to really think about what other kind of content people want to see. And I just kept like churning out content during that time. And I think that definitely like helped and played in my favor. Cause I think a lot of people just like stopped posting entirely, which rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but that's when I picked up like TikTok, and I like went ham with Instagram and luckily like those two things did well as well. So now I kind of like post collectively across all of them.
0: Yeah. I want to dive Mm -hmm. into that because like I said earlier, you're, you're a multi-hyphenate. And if you, if, for those that don't know what that means, it's someone with several professional skills that have achieved at the highest level. I mean, your content creation for EDM, the whole entire community and festivals is like, it's really top-notch. Like I really, It's, it's super legit. That's why you have such a dedicated following. That's why people continue to follow you. I think when I started following you, maybe like 12,000 followers, you're 25,000 on Instagram now. And like, I'm not just trying to drop numbers, I'm trying to show yeah. people that like, <laughs> built this from the ground up. TikTok, you've got 24,000. Twitter, you got 3,000. And that's an extremely active audience there. And I know.
1: I'm like slow on Twitter. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I know. That's what I was going
1: to say. When I talk to Twitter people, though, Twitter people are hardcore and I love it. Like, you probably <laughs> have the voice for it. I, I haven't made that like connection with Twitter yet, but I totally respect. That platform, though, especially for music. Yeah, I'm sure you have fun with it. Oh, for
0: sure, it's it's awesome. It's very interactive, and Mm -hmm. I think Twitter is is so unique in the sense where it's like it's it's things that I feel about right now, like it's actual conversation. Mm -hmm. Where Instagram is for the most part things that I've done or I'm going to do. Facebook, I don't even know what Facebook is anymore. Yeah, and TikTok (laughs) is awesome, but like it's kind of just like fun videos, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to deliver a message with Twitter. You can do so much and mm-hmm. so little. I mean, it's literally just for the most part yeah. text. And yeah, it's like the last line of reality in social media, in my opinion. Right.
1: <laughs> I do. I, I'm on Twitter a lot browsing. I would just say I'm like not using it as actively as I could be, but it, it's fun. I like following artists, for sure. There's some sure. very entertaining people out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What,
0: what is your favorite um, social media platform for you to create content for, though?
1: Ooh, That's a good question. I think it's still YouTube. I think YouTube still like just for the longevity of it, it just, it kind of stands the test of time. Your videos are evergreen, like without fail every single year, right around when EDC happens, there's a spike in my channel and it's content I've posted for the last five years still just like over and over again, will come back. So there's like a really long, life on YouTube, which I like. And I think sometimes people like also don't realize on video, you just can get to know a person so much better. So I've just like shared my life with people. I've done lives, like all kinds of things. So I just still feel that connection, but I'm trying to do that and create that experience on like Instagram and TikTok too, which I think a lot more people are on now as well. And short form is kind of just like where it's at right now. So for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: No, I, I love that. And I think one thing that as creators, we know each platform has its own type of dedicated audience, like Twitter. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned, obviously, like there's certain types of I have friends that hate social media, but they have Twitter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have friends that like will swear off everything, but they love TikTok and they won't admit it to people. Right. Like right. Right. With Instagram and a Snapchat even. Right. So it's, it's cool because I do see, you know, obviously a little bit of crossover because we can only do so much, but you do Mm -hmm. a really good job, especially with YouTube and TikTok, with creating specific types of content. And all of your YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know this, I'm preaching to the choir, it's longer form. And that's where Mm -hmm. your followers really want to see you speak. It's where your face is on camera. It's where you're explaining things. And YouTube is the number one social media, right? Like it's, there's a reason that Google bought it. And it's because Mm -hmm. it's just such a relatable platform. Anybody can make it big on there. And um it's where you can really connect with people and it's my favorite personally and mm-hmm. it's where i believe my future audience my biggest audience is yes i'm just yep. trying to f- get them to find me but <laughs> it's uh it's it's awesome and i love how you do that
1: thank you yeah i mean youtube it's definitely one of those things too i would say I think it was like August, maybe it was August 20. Yeah. It was still August, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, just to go back as kind of when I also, we, you know, we had time, we were at home. I started like enrolling in a lot of free webinars and challenges. And I was like, no, I'm actually going to like learn about the platforms. I know I've learned them organically, like just by doing them, but Mm -hmm. why don't I like take people's courses and like actually learn about them. And then honestly, from that time until, now is also when I saw like an uptake and everything. And it's because I kind of just like went back to school in a way and Mm -hmm. learned more about SEO or like learned about stuff you should know about for these platforms. And that was also kind of like a big turning point for me. So I did like a free seven day YouTube challenge and kind of like went back to basics. And that was really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. Always Mm -hmm. be trying to get better and learn more. I did the same Mm -hmm. thing. I did a, uh, it was it was basically a master class for podcasting with this company called On Deck. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. I got to connect with podcasters from all over the world. I was the only person that was doing music interviews and I learned so much from people. And I, I just like it really changed my perception on like I kind of felt alone as a podcaster a little bit, you know. And mm-hmm. I was like, you hear there's millions of podcasts out there and I'm like, right. well, who are they? Why am yeah, I the literally. Only person?" Like-
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: And it's just so cool. And I think that can be applied to anything. It doesn't have to just be like YouTube mm-hmm. or social media growth. Like everybody is, is teaching in, in some way. I mean, it could be sports. It could be music industry. It could be whatever. And mm-hmm. I also think it's really important to think about contributing to like the economy of that, you know, like region, like mm-hmm. something I always talk about with producers when um, you know, we get on the topic of like ghost producing or like doing everything front to back. I'm like, listen, there's only one Calvin Harris. Okay. Like you make that, get it to as good as you possibly can Mm -hmm. send it off to someone who's really good at mixing and mastering, send it off to someone who is really good. Like think about it as a collaboration and pay Mm -hmm. them for that work. Don't have them make the whole track obviously and stuff. Right. But you know, there are people out there that want to teach and help others get better because,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: then we all grow. So I love that. You gotta, you gotta do that.
1: Yeah. Do you listen to like yourself, listen to a lot of music podcasts or do you listen to like other topics?
0: One of the biggest things they said in this masterclass was you got to listen to your own episodes. I was like, no way,
1: no (laughs) way. Am I going to listen to myself? I I can't.
0: And when I did and I got better as painful as it was, you got to get over your own voice too for any podcasters out there.
1: Yeah. If you want to do any content, you need to listen to yourself. It's really uncomfortable, but you got to do it.
0: Yep. Simple advice. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I I do listen to other podcasts and it's weird. You listen in a different way. Like I'm really listening, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not just passively listening. Even if I am passively listening, I'm like thinking about the pauses between questions. I'm thinking about the way that conversation Mm -hmm. is framed. I'm thinking about like, I love armchair expert with Dax Shepard. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm
0: th- he's interviewing Ed Sheeran and I'm like, I would be sweating if right. I was him, you know, <laughs> Yes, totally <laughs> well, like it's just another person. So, you know, mm. I, I've learned so many things from other successful podcasters and and people like you, too. I think you do a great job on interviews. You're so relatable.
1: Thank you. Oh, I like to make it. I mean, everybody's different and I totally agree with you with like active listening. I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, they put an ad at this point and this is the way they did their ad. Yeah, read. That was really smart. <laughs> that was really good wording that they use. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm always like taking, taking notes, but yeah, even the way people, um, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I haven't really stuck to a structure, with my podcast, like I'm very ADD in that way where like Mm -hmm. I test a lot of different sections out and then I'll kind of like get over them in a couple months. But I feel like just trying to figure out how you frame your episode too. Like I've done the, um, I kind of did like an EDM news segment at least for two years at the end. And now I'm calling it like the rave culture cast recap. So that has stuck always, but the beginning section, I like never fully nailed down what I want to do with that. But that's the fun. You can keep changing it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I think probably your biggest fans love that. I mean, like we mentioned before, I want to always be unapologetically Sherm in my interviews, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I just want to have fun with it. And that's the thing too, is like, I do, I can't tell you how many questions I write out on the research I do and don't ever get around to that. Yeah. That's (laughs) okay. As, as frustrating sometimes as that can be, I'm like, I didn't ask that, but man, the conversation Mm -hmm. was so much fun. And
1: I mm-hmm. feel like
0: we both walked away with a good experience, and that's all that matters to me at the end.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you do you get like the kind of I always feel like I'm like high at the end of an interview, <laughs> just in a good way, like high on life. For and sure. that's how you know you love it because I walk away from it, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like yes. this feeling, I need more of this feeling in my yes, life. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I could have the longest week or the longest day, and I'm sure you've had this mm-hmm. sometimes minutes before the the interview. I mean, it's like anything in life. It's like. I hope it cancels. I hope like, I don't know, like you're going to work and you're like, I Mm. I wouldn't mind if the train didn't come pick me up today, you know? But then you get there and you're like, I'm locked in. I'm meant to do this. Like, this is fun. Mm. This is what I love. And yeah, I- completely agree with you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have a question for you now. Sorry. I'm flipping yeah. this on you, but have no, you no. ever had this happen? Cause I've talked to other content creators. Cause I work with content creators now too, like through just like social media coaching. I do a little bit of, mm. and I know I've noticed people saying a lot of the times that, you know, if they have low energy or if they feel exhausted, like how do you continue to be to post and do that? And I'm like, maybe this isn't the healthiest thing, but the amount of times that I haven't been In the best mood or something, but it's like a job. You still have to show up and do your job. Like I've had podcast interviews before where I've literally been crying like 10 (laughs) minutes before the interview and still fucking hopped on the interview. Probably not the best, but I know when I leave the interview, like the best mood ever. And I'm like, I'm glad I fucking did that. That's like literally what I needed. So sometimes you just got to do it. You got to keep pushing through. I,
0: I, there's no good way to explain it. It's just like a matter of willpower sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I mean, even on your toughest day, you got to try and push through and, and just know that like afterwards it's always going to be worth it. I mean, it's just got to be consistent and repetition, get into a routine with this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that's probably my piece of advice is like, even on my most exhausted day or busiest day. Right. I just know that like, I've been doing this. I can do this. I want to do this. This is what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Just get yourself in that position and mindset and stick to it. And I mean, that's easy advice to say when it can be so difficult to do that. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's tough. You got to love it. You yeah, got to love it. Mm-hmm. When we're here talking now, I mean, I wouldn't rather do anything else.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a very present feeling. It's the same yes. feeling I get when I'm at shows too give yeah. me i5.
0: I'm present. <laughs> We're present right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: That's awesome. So you create so many different types of content. How the hell do you keep coming up with new ideas?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh great question. So I I mean, I genuinely do like I put this in one of my, my courses too. Like, I literally spill out what I do. Um, so yeah, I mean. I think just being so heavily involved in the community is like I'm in it. I'm in groups online. I'm in all the channels. I'm reading the comments. Like I'm on all the festivals pages. So just simply put like a lot of it's like responding to people's comments. Like if I see questions asked over and over again, like I'm making a video to answer that question. Cause if the, fe- the festival is not going to do it, <laughs> I'll just do it. Um, but yeah. like, honestly, it's that, or I mean, at least on TikTok, one of the best things about that platform is like the trends make it kind of easy for you. Cause things just pop up trending sounds, trending like themes. And it's right. like, cool. I can just jump on this and make it work for my own content. So that's kind of like fun. Cause that gives you like a prompt to go off of, but I would just say like really, really tuning into your audience and like what they need, what are they talking about? What's timely. Mm-hmm. I kind of like do a combination of all those things.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And I, people always ask me that too. Like, how do you one continue to do it, but how do you come up with all mm-hmm. these new ideas? And look, all you got to do is just like, look at the people who are interested in what you're doing. And you did a great Mm -hmm. job of this too. In your recent episode of rave culture cast, you got questions from the people on how to get involved in the music industry with a job Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. And you spoke from experience and that's a piece of content right there. And it's Mm -hmm. a great piece of content too. And I agree with you. I'm trying to not overcomplicate the process, reinvent the wheel, whatever sales motto you want to say, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you just got to think about what you're doing and what you enjoy doing. And then just put the camera on sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that actually is a huge roadblock for people. I've seen a lot as they don't start because they don't think they have enough experience yet, or they don't Mm -hmm. feel like the expert. And even that video, like that could be a very intimidating topic to talk about. Like I have not been in this industry professionally for a long time, even though I've been around it, Yeah. but I don't give a shit. Like I'm an expert, I'm an expert in my experiences and I'm speaking about my experiences. So maybe I don't know, like as much knowledge as like a super intense, like industry insider, but I'm going to talk about my experiences and that's where I'm coming from. So if everybody has experiences that they can kind of like speak from, so that's why I'm like, don't wait until you think you're an expert (laughs) at something. Just start it now. You'll get better. You'll learn along the way. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Actually, on my on the five year anniversary of Sherman the Booth, which is last September, which was just crazy for me. Mm-hmm. I put up a clip of episode one zero zero one. Oh wow. My tone was like Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherm. Thanks for tuning yeah. in. This yes. my podcast every two weeks. I'm gonna be doing this. And I'm like, who is that guy? That's not right, even right, me. right. Like, even at that point, that's not me. And Mm -hmm. looking back on that, I'm like, I had to do that to get all the way to episode 199, you know, like my tone Mm -hmm. and energy and passion. And it's the only way to do it. I love what you said. I'm an expert in my experiences. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think, I think a lot of people think, Oh, this person's going to call me out for that. Or, you know, I don't really know what I'm talking about. It's like, listen, once again, just do Mm -hmm. what you love. And if you love talking about these sort of things, or this is your passion and you actually are serious about building mm-hmm. a business, then just give it a shot and put yourself out there because that's the 1%. 99% of people are not comfortable enough to put themselves on camera, to put their voice on the radio, right. to put mm-hmm. a post up on social media, a story, whatever it is. So just mm-hmm. know that like, when you do that, you're joined with the 1%. And it's probably bigger than that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're all here trying to do the same thing. So we support you.
1: Yeah. No. And I mean, I think, cause I think some people have obviously like a negative connotation tied to social media, which I completely get that and see that. But just from my experience, when I say like it genuinely changed my life, like it went from doing it for fun to I've literally gotten career opportunities and have completely changed my career because of social media. So (laughs) that's why I'm like, it's totally possible. Like you start on the side or do whatever you've got to do. And of course, like I get comments all the time on videos, like you didn't do this correctly or you misspoke. And, like, <laughs> I know, it's yeah. so easy to say that. I really, I just like, if it's constructive criticism, I'm totally here for that. And then anybody else, I just like, let it roll off my shoulder. I'm like, you make a video about it <laughs> if you really want to, but you're not. So yeah, hey. you just gotta like, let it go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I learned from some of the best in the game that once you have haters, yeah. you're finally doing something right because nobody, there you go. nobody yeah. above you is going to talk shit. It's the people below you that are jealous.
1: That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, there's always something to learn. But I just I mean, how do you feel about this like industry in itself, though? Because I know yeah. even I was just having this conversation today about certain artists having like huge success with their music, but for some reason their platform isn't like, doesn't match the success and like talent that they have. Sure. And I'm like, I I feel like sometimes now it seems like people almost have to be or have like a personality online to lift up their music and like career more. Like, what what do you think about having that?
0: It's a great question. And it's an interesting topic that I think will never die, honestly. And it's continued to- become more prevalent just because um a a music producer's content for the most part Mm -hmm. if if they're just making music and are DJing right it's going to be their shows and it's going to be their music right Mm -hmm. and for a lot of the time before the pandemic you go out and see them you get that experience maybe there's a meet and greet right but like behind that who are they really and that's Mm -hmm. why there's like sometimes a cap on how big you can be right like there are so many producers out there with like 30,000 Instagram followers but you know like by fundamental definition, they're probably Mm -hmm. the best producer in the game, right? Right. And then there are people that are maybe half as talented in that regard, but twice as good at putting themselves out there and Mm -hmm. are bigger and get better festival bookings and whatever it might be. And I resonate with both sides. I actually Mm -hmm. uh, manage an artist named Flanino here in Chicago. And he is one of the most like charismatic, awesome guys, but he hates putting himself on social media. And this dude Mm. is such a great producer and such great DJ. And we've had to try and get him over this hump. If you want to grow, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to show the people who you are. And I know that can be really tough for producers out there because a lot of the times they speak through their music, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's their language. And I hate to say it, but if you really want to boil it down to the the business aspect, you got to adapt or you're going to die. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's the truth. And I don't want to say it's the truth because I know Gasly just recently posted about this.
1: I saw um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I
0: mean, he's speaking the truth. Like everybody agrees with them. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you know, the music industry is still a business when it comes down to it and people still want to, you know, if you separate the business from the personal aspects, especially with fans mm-hmm. as a fan, I want to know who this producer is that I love or this DJ. Right. Yeah. So find ways to connect with your fans. It doesn't always have to be the usual, like Hey, what's up? I'm Sherm. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, like not everybody can do that. I get that. Yeah. But I do believe you're going to have to find a way to overcome and use social media to your advantage. And yeah, you know, it's there's no right answer or wrong answer to that question, but it is a mm-hmm. really interesting topic.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, too, like the producers who or DJs as well, like who jumped on Twitch also kind of like saw that success. Cause I remember even like, I love Blossom yes. and I know she like popped off with her, with her stream. And they're just like certain people who I think, I don't know, I, as a fan, I enjoyed it. Like it was really nice seeing certain artists, like let mm-hmm. you into their life and house and things like that. So yeah, there's just some people that come to mind. Um, even there's a bass artist. She's amazing called Zingara mm-hmm. who I interviewed and she was another thing like during the pandemic was super active on TikTok. She was DJing there on there all the time, posting her music completely blew up. And I think now she just got like signed and released a huge single and it's like, she's extremely talented, but also found a way to like blow up on this platform, which like then helped her get there faster, I think. So yeah, yeah I think it's also, I but I understand people who like want to let the music speak for itself. I just come from the social media side. So I'm like, use it. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. it's, it's always going to be like that. I mean, I think John Summon is probably the greatest, greatest mm-hmm. example right now. Yes, You know, he, someone said it. He's in everybody's daily conversation. He's an yeah. awesome guy. Right. But he blew up during 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had this track. He literally released deep end on SoundCloud defected, picked it up, re-released it. He didn't have any shows. He didn't do any live streams and stuff, but he put himself out there and mm-hmm. grew so much. And then there was so much demand for him because of his social media following. Right. Like yeah. he's got his whole brand, right. Like life's mm-hmm. a vendor or whatever, you know, and like, I just went to go see him at Cross, and he had the most dense crowd out yep. of everybody there. It was crazy. Right. So like, he's a great example. I interviewed his manager and I asked him about that. And he was like, we really pushed John to put himself out there on social media in a way that he feels comfortable. Right. But mm-hmm. we had to push him to put himself out there. So
1: right right there's
0: a line certainly for yeah. every artist but mm. yeah it's it's an interesting topic and i'd love to hear literally everybody's response to that because i think everybody has a little bit different of a response right
1: yeah definitely well i think last thing i'll say i'll think of dylan francis always too because yes. his fucking videos to me were the best and i missed yes. the vine days but like he's just my my one of my favorite creators and I feel like he had so much fun with it. And it was just like another level to an artist that was like fun and creative. And it didn't even like really have much to do with his music, but it just was him and it made me love him more as an artist. So that's like another example I think of too. He gets it. He, he gets it. He, he did
0: it. he started this shit, honestly. Like, Fucking
1: Gerald. I love Gerald. Dude, he started this
0: shit. Like, I have, like, I was just cleaning out my closet recently. Thank God, because I have shit in there. Literally, I have a shirt that said fuck 2017. And I was like, right. yeah, fuck 2017. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I bought this That's shirt. Amazing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And I bought fuck 2018. Like, what am I doing? <laughs>
1: that's amazing so yeah it's
0: like and he and he is great in every sense of the word because he's a great dj producer yeah uh person right and mm-hmm. um there's not a lot of people like him because he is so funny and so good yeah at it, but he is a great shining example of how big you can get if you have the, the really the perfect puzzle
1: yeah i totally agree with you
0: Okay, I feel like I'm on the Rave Culture cast and I'm having a blast.
1: (laughs) See, this is what's nice. Podcasters, we just flip this shit on each other. Yes,
0: yes. You are a great listener too. But we gotta talk about the rave culture cast because Mm -hmm. you're you've put out 150 episodes, right? Almost.
1: Yeah. This week's 149. Yep.
0: Let's go. Wow. 19, one for you catching up to me. Oh
1: shit. (laughs) I've gone. I mean, we'll see. I've just changed it recently two biweekly, weekly which on the flip side of saying like you have to show up all the time I also think you do have to rest when you need rest and like social media isn't going to go anywhere so right mm-hmm. now I'm doing bi weekly episodes but yeah we're at 149 tomorrow That's yeah. awesome.
0: That's awesome. And it's, Thank it's you. such a great podcast because you described it as just your weekly guide or biweekly now to your EDM mm-hmm. community, music festivals and more. And you really you've really done such a great job with it. I mean, it's again so relatable. Um, To anybody that's a fan of dance music, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've done interviews, you do discussions, self-reflection, everything, reviews, whatever it is. But let's go back Mm -hmm. to when you started it. Why did you decide to start a podcast?
1: So I, it was April 2019. Was the first episode I ever did. Um, Do you listen to Gary V? Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Of course. Um, People are either hot or cold with him, so I never know (laughs) (laughs) what the reaction is going to be but not going to lie i am a Gary v fan at the time mm-hmm. it was just like being drilled in like podcast 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 and like yep. i listened to a lot of um like entrepreneurial podcasts but one of the main reasons was because youtube at the time i was doing like really long youtube videos and that doesn't help like your watch time so i was doing like 25 minute videos and there were just some topics that i was like this is too long form to fit in a video like this would be better or I can talk more about it, or I can have guests on if I do a podcast. So that's kind of like, it was just an extension of what I was already doing. Um, And I just felt like the community side of things was big for me because there are a lot of like artist interview podcasts and things like that, but there weren't as many people doing like voices of the community and it's a small community. There's a lot of business owners and then it extended into like industry professionals and artists, but I still at its core, like to keep it like a voice of the community and like the collective.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank no, Gary
0: views is right. I mean, he's
1: a bit yeah. intense. But <laughs> I know he's definitely intense.
0: Podcast, yeah. TikTok. Yeah. Oh, anybody that's making fun of him like, is just so <laughs> spot on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good, I mean, like you said, we were talking about like opportunities. It's, I, I'm on all of the platforms and like the podcast is a very different feeling and connection with people than the other platforms are Mm -hmm. for sure. It's just like its own, its own outlet, its own thing. And I feel like rave culture cast kind of has its like own identity outside of me, which is why like, I like to keep it separate and I really believe in it. But, um, yeah, I love podcasting. It's the best.
0: Podcasting is awesome. I think a lot of people don't realize it's actually a pretty young industry. It's less than 20 years old, which is why Mm. a lot of people are just now getting involved. So props to you and I, Mm -hmm. for you know, we jumped on it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's really cool because it's almost like an audio book that you're hearing live sometimes, you know, and Mm -hmm. like there's a psychological element to it as well that you feel like you're in the room with people, um, which is sometimes a really special thing, you know, like depending Mm -hmm. on the conversation and stuff like I've listened to some podcast episodes of, I don't even know what, right. But like they resonate with me and like, I feel like I'm there and I'm laughing by myself as I'm cooking. It's like, who am I? Like I'm this crazy person listening (laughs) to a podcast right now, but that's what's so exciting about it is it's just like a purely creative field, right? There's Mm -hmm. no right way to build a huge podcast. You can try, there's no like path to success on how to build a business and become a millionaire off a podcaster. It's like, listen, it's as simple as having a microphone and figuring out what you're going to do with that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. Which yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is. And I, I, I don't know how like the beginning was for you too, but I think also like just being in it for the long haul, like it, it takes time for sure. And it, like, it took time to, to grow it up, but you just kind of like had to, to show up every week and try, yep. try new things with it. Um, but I agree with you on like the more intimate thing too, because I even feel like with artist interviews, like I don't really watch them as often on YouTube or anything like that. Um, yeah. But I think people just—I don't know what it is about—like having a microphone in front of you, it just feels more intimate. I feel like people can be more mm-hmm. personal on a podcast as well, yeah, so right. I feel like you get, you have the time to have like an in-depth conversation with someone, which is nice. Yeah,
0: your brain starts to think a little bit differently, right? You're almost mm-hmm. like on a, on a talk show, and. I love yeah. that. I love that. So many people that I talk to are like, "I've never been on a podcast before." I'm like, "Well, yeah. you're literally talking with a microphone in front." Right. Of me. I <laughs> wouldn't think too much about it. Like, yeah, that's why I yeah. love it. But you've you've grown so much with it, right? I, I I don't think you started doing interviews. How long ago? What was the first interview that you did?
1: Ooh, um, because it didn't I, start
0: as interviews, right?
1: No, it didn't. It was just, I was literally just doing like top, literally I was picking like topics and kind Mm. of like expanding upon them, which was a challenge in itself trying to talk for an hour. I talk a lot though, but talking (laughs) for a fucking hour, like you should see my scripts. I have like full blown (laughs) outlines and scripts, which takes time to do that. Yeah, I I started with like my content creator friends. So I started with like other YouTubers. Um, I literally would have my friends on in the beginning who were like other ravers and that's all we did. And we would just pick a topic. And then God, I don't know who my first, big, big interview was, but I think I like kind of expanded into, um, like rave wear brand owners and, you know, festival fashion people and stuff like that. Mm. I don't remember who my, I think my first artist was like a friend of mine and I forget who it was after that, but yeah, <laughs> but it's been exciting. There's been 150 episodes, so I don't remember.
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's totally fair. Do you
1: remember yours? Who was your first interview?
0: Uh, it was a friend
1: a <laughs> friend yeah it
0: was a friend yeah I think it was uh episode six uh mm. my man Tony he nice. uh I was like hey you want to come on my podcast he was like sure I was right like, okay <laughs> yeah I used to literally I had a microphone that plugged into my uh iPhone right I think my mm-hmm. mom got it for me and I would go to someone's apartment or wherever they I I don't know it was so jank right and yeah. I would sit there <laughs> next to them right like no cameras we just talked in this little microphone and Gosh, my process was terrible. It took me like maybe like four or five hours, like just to like get all my stuff together. Once it was all said and done, then I was like, Mm. "How do I edit this? Like, what is going on?" I was hand hand mixing like literally sets because I was like, "Do people want to hear music? Do people want to hear me talk? Do I do both?" Mm. Right? Like Mm -hmm. it was just like it was weird, but like you kind of like fell into what I really like to do. And it still changes all the time for me. So sure, I know what you're talking about. The early days yeah, home though.
1: It it is, I mean, and I don't, I still love, I really do like guest episodes, but I sometimes get like mixed feedback too because I pull my audience regularly and ask them. And a lot of them also say like, I like the topical episodes or I like the festival reviews Mm -hmm. where you're like being honest and giving your opinion. So I definitely still like to just like, I usually just like pull people on social media, get their responses in, and then like talk about them on the podcast too. So those are really fun to film as well.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You have Mm -hmm. great variety. And you mentioned some of your interviews, you've had massive guests on Emma, LPGOB, Nostalgics, Elohim, you mentioned Landis, Bonton, Kyle Kinch, who is the man. I I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. Kyle's great. And he is just blowing up right now too, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. And you do something like I do too, right? Like it's not just DJs and producers. You interviewed Nikki Siag, right? For Marketing for Dirty Bird. Mm -hmm. Yep,
1: she's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great, right? And I mean, it's so cool because when I saw you doing that, I was like,
1: fuck yeah.
0: Like that is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Like shooting for it. Like nostalgics is huge. LPGO is huge. And like great female presence. You have awesome topics. I know you talked about like LGBTQ topics, Mm -hmm. women in the music industry. I love that so much. I just want to show you props for that.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. I, it's very important to me to like literally touch on everything and like I get feedback and I feel an obligation to like with my platform, obviously being female like it's very important to me to highlight female artists. Um, but even like I did one episode about mental health too. That was like one of the most listened to that also was just like a very special episode. Um, And sometimes they surprise you. Like you go back and look at what ones are the most listened to actually like the most listened to, which isn't surprising is like substance use. I've done an episode with Dan safe and that was one of the most listened to, which I actually value because it was jam packed full of like how to like test your shit and be safe and things like that. And I'm like, cool. If that's the one people are most interested in and they learn a lot from them, then like great. Then that makes me happy. But yeah, it's surprising to see like what ends up doing really well.
0: That's awesome. I mean, it's, again, I know how much goes into creating a podcast, editing a podcast, Mm -hmm. releasing a podcast. You also, you got videos on Spotify, girl. What the hell? They look great. I thought they were only releasing that to certain people. Did you get
1: picked? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think so because I have um, some friends of mine too, like started a podcast, maybe like a year ago and I actually saw them first doing it and I was like, what the hell you guys got it. And it was just, um, I upload through anchor still, which is like a free podcasting platform.
0: Oh yeah. Um, And
1: I just had an email being like, you can do this as a test run. And I personally do like to watch, I do both. I probably 50, 50, watch and listen. Mm -hmm. Um, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh, I'm putting that up on Spotify. 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It looks great. It's awesome. Thank you. So cool too. Cause like there are times when I want to watch and there are times when I want to listen.
1: Yep definitely that. I think that's like it with content at the end of the day, like come to the people, like meet them where they're at. What do they want to see? Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to watch videos too. So yeah, I'm very happy about that feature.
0: says a lot about podcasting again Spotify really buying into that you know mm-hmm. like say what you want about Joe Rogan he made a hundred million dollars off a of deal with Spotify right Right. yeah well I guess yeah. maybe there is a roadmap to making uh, a lot of money in, in podcasting but like he's the mm-hmm. only person to do that like are you yeah it's crazy so it's like there is a demand for people like us out there and Spotify has finally acknowledged it
1: for sure and I, I mean we've talked about it too just even the setup I think like looking forward uh, always looking to improve, I think doing like more in-person stuff. Like I'm in New Jersey, so I don't really ever picture people coming to my house. I don't really <laughs> see myself having like a full blow in person studio. But like one thing I personally have a goal of this year is to do more like site um, stuff for work with other like festivals or brands and-, and do things in person. Cause I think I've been a little shy at home. I'm like, I've got my zoom yeah, it's a little bit more safe. Probably but have I want pajamas
0: right now, Emma. You can tell me the truth. You got <laughs> pajama pants. I have on.
1: leggings on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like I get it. Yeah, I get it.
1: There's a problem. There's a different energy. I think I don't know if it's like the equipment. It probably is the equipment that's like the intimidating factor for me in person. Obviously, it's a lot more like involved with everything. But yeah. that's my challenge this year. I want to do in person stuff.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, in yeah. person is a whole different game. I mean, like mm-hmm. I'm literally sitting here in my apartment too, and. Yeah. It's, it's like, I kind of like it sometimes, you know, when it's like, mm-hmm. oh, because when I have to set up in person, like it's no easy feat, you know, I got to set up all these cameras and I'm constantly thinking yeah. in the back of my head, is it still recording? Is the audio working right now? Right.
1: You
0: can know, <laughs> yes. like get through this stuff like here. I know we're good. I got two things to look at. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, in person, you're going to you're going to be so great at it, though. I'm just it's Thank so confident you. in that because like you got a great energy to you and you're so relatable, like I said, and people love People, when people feel comfortable,
1: that's mm-hmm. when they're at
0: their best. And that can be really yeah. hard to do sometimes with in-person interviews. Um, right. Again, to bring it back to producers, I know a lot of weird producers. You know, they're not right. exactly people. <laughs> they're not exactly great with people.
1: Yeah, but- <laughs> I could see
0: that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I feel like I'm at my best is when they're most comfortable. Anybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something too about in-person interviews that is a challenge, but is also something that I really enjoy because- Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell, I, I live in downtown Chicago, right? So like, I'll tell people to come to my apartment and we don't just, they don't just walk in and we sit down, they'll come in. Some people, I, my fiance is a little concerned about this, but they'll right. stay for like four <laughs> hours on like a Tuesday night, right? Yeah, 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 But I'm like loving it. I'm like, this is awesome. I get to hang out with this person who I've been trying to right. hang out with for a long time or whatever it is, right? And it's just like, you can just feel an energy to it. And, mm-hmm. um, but on the flip side, remote interviews also give you a little bit less of a barrier when it comes to like schedules and you know Mm -hmm. you just pop you could be on your phone your laptop as long as you have wi-fi not even sometimes so yeah
1: there's two sides to every coin yeah and i think i mean i love it's not necessarily like podcasting but i'm definitely planning to do this like more this year too now that we have events and stuff back but Mm -hmm. even doing like more crowd work um it's a lot like it's obviously a lot when you're at a festival and it's something i still work on like balancing working and enjoying myself but um i shoot a lot of content at festivals but i really want to do more like crowd work like interviewing people in the crowd just for fucking fun do you watch gestures like make ravers rich series that he does
0: for sure i love it
1: love like i think that content is so fun and like he and i have talked about it before and i just like not necessarily do that, but I, I have my mic. I'm like, I'm ready to get out in the crowd and just like, see what happens. <laughs> it's
0: so much fun. I did something like yeah. that on a few boat parties actually. And, mm. uh, I literally had like a lavalier mic. I'll send it to you. You'll love it. Yeah. I a lavalier mic tied up to me. I've got no script, right. I'm walking around with a bucket right. on being like, how the hell are you? You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> just, like,
0: <laughs> just winging it. And people yeah. are like, they see a camera and a mic and a guy and they're like, Hi, yeah, I'd like to be on camera or whatever and Exactly. It's, it's so much fun. Honestly, the content with people in the crowd is better than the artists a lot of the time cuz like they're Definitely. so pumped to be there and they're like ready to like tell you why they're there, who they're there with, who they're excited to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what really gives people that maybe have not been to the event or have been many times that connection to the actual festival, label right. party, venue, whatever it is, right? It's just like that relatable connection with someone who's just like you, like you and I, right? And mm-hmm. I think that there still is a gap um, in the major festivals like that, right? Like Ultra, yeah. EDC, it's like, how much how much content do they put out there? How much do they put into the actual, like, you know, experience for people? Is that put mm-hmm. on camera? Is that put on audio? Cause like, I know Pascual's big thing is you are the headliner, right? And I love mm-hmm. that. And that's, that's the message that I'm trying to say here, but let's give those people a voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. I think, um, I know I've seen certain brands, like I think just because of the formatting of TikTok, I've seen more festivals, like obviously trying to get on there and do what they can in the crowd. Um, but I mean, I can just speak from experience and say it myself, like I've seen more activity from events and like, I've chatted with like some festivals here and there. So I definitely feel like they're noticing and realizing like, we need to have creator programs or like we need to have ambassador programs. And like they're realizing that we just need to like get people involved. So I think we're going to see like more and more of that for sure. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, mean, I think probably everybody's favorite piece of video from a festival is like that really drunk guy eating a hot dog that when the hot dog falls <laughs> out of his bun or some shit, you know, or somebody's chugging a beer, or whatever it might be, right? Some girl like twerking to Claude Von Stroke, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, that's why we go. We go to have fun. So I want to see the people that are having fun.
1: Definitely. And I mean, some of the like I watch, obviously, a lot of friends of mine who have vlogs and like as a fan, when I'm looking up festivals, I'm looking at people's vlogs. And those are some of my most viewed videos, too. And you have like, obviously, the professionally edited highlight reels and after movies that festivals do. But yeah. then there's this like a whole other subculture of just <laughs> creators doing their own fucking vlogs and yep. showing what it's actually like. So that's like a whole other thing. But I love I love shooting festival vlogs, too. They're so much fun.
0: That is a great topic that we're definitely going to talk about another time because I have a lot of thoughts on that too. (laughs) There's a big missing link there, but I want to ask you kind of a hot topic again right now and it's it's Mm -hmm. house music, right? It's techno. It is bigger than Mm -hmm. it's ever been before. I'm here in Chicago. This is where house music was born, right? And I can't tell you how big of a difference it is here five years ago. Um, compared to where it's at now, right? Like the rise of artists like John Summit, Fisher, Chris Lake, Sonny Fadera, Nora Impure Pure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're bigger than ever, right? Yeah. And, you know, when we started, we we're talking about Avicii and Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. I mean, Swedish House Mafia is always going to be the biggest, but like, I feel like people might be more excited for a Chris Lake show than a Swedish House Mafia show sometimes, right?
1: Fair enough, yep. Maybe, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. But my question to you is like, why do you think House and Techno is so much bigger than it's been?
1: Who, yeah. I mean, so this is definitely something like in the past year that I've been working with um, gray area, like we, we are a house music discovery platform. So right. just learn like so much th- through that. I don't know if it's just the evolution of people's like taste in music or because tech house just happened to be the genre that like took <laughs> off and grew in po- popularity and was like number one in people's Spotify. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I mean, I'm just personally a fan of that kind of music. Like it's just grown on me so much. I love the culture around it. I love the live shows. Um, and then there's just so many fresh, like really talented new artists coming up. And I just have like the best time at these, at these shows. So I mean, yeah, like John Summit again, using him as an example, but other artists who kind of just came up and and popped off and have this like really, really fun sound. I'm a big fan of West End right now, too. I have to oh, name yeah. him. I love oh. West End. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw him at the um, in Brooklyn and he was awesome. I was at Side Pieces show. Mm-hmm. So it's just fun. It's a good energy. Um, I, I don't even know if like social media plays a part in it, too. But I also think like songs have this second life on TikTok too, where they can just like absolutely pop off and and grow a whole audience on there. But I think we're seeing it shift from like the European crowd and like come over here, which is really cool.
0: For sure. I think Mm -hmm. all great points. And like, I I speak from my experience, you know, we started in the Avicii world. I Mm -hmm. loved trap and big room. I never yep. really got into the rhythm. I liked upset cause I love Skrillex and I know you do too. Always got, a, yeah. always got a special place in my heart, yep. <laughs> but you know, like I continued to go to festivals and stuff, but physically I don't have it like I used to, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. go headbang or jump for three days, but I can two step for three days. Right? right. And I go to these house <laughs> music festivals and mm-hmm. it's just like such a different vibe, not to say that people aren't there for the music at other things. Right. But people are there to dance and Yeah. I think that's, what's changed. Um, I'm starting to feel a lot older when I go to shows or DJ myself, because there is a younger crowd there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that used to be me going to big room shows. Right. 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 There's our generation Mm -hmm. 27, 37 or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. We still love dance music. We still want to go to festivals, but like, I can't do it physically like I used to and house music. I think it actually blew up during the pandemic because it's easier to listen to. Yeah. It's very, it's, it can be casual. It can be heavy. And mm-hmm. like you said, the, the talent these days is nuts. Yeah. It is crazy. I mean, there's absolutely no barrier to entry. You know, I've interviewed DJs that started in the eighties and nineties, and they used to carry crates to their shows. Right. And they saw when, you know, synthesizers became a thing and Dawes started to become real kids mm-hmm. will be 16 out in the Chicago suburbs and their mom will give them a Serato controller and they'll, you know, pirate, uh, Ableton, and they're going to have the sickest track six months later. And right, I'm like when I was 16, I was like, not doing that, you know, right? So it's like a change of the times and the technology. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, as a house music fan, as a house music DJ producer, there's never been a better time in dance music, in my opinion, because it just like it's gone up, it's always continued to go up. And yeah, people are like, oh, yeah, this is pretty sick,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like there's certain labels too that just have like done an amazing job of like Mm -hmm. pushing it forward i I personally started my entryway was like base house Mm -hmm. so i had like friends show me um like wax motif sets and like ac slater and i was like what the fuck is this yeah like oh my god um and that was kind of like almost like yeah my transition almost from like mainstream edm like that and then it went you know obviously more just into like tech in general house i mean i i do think like probably bigger artists like fisher having a ton of success like yeah brought that up and i'm a huge fan of chris lake but yeah. i could even see i mean it could just be personal taste but i could also see like i'm a huge laney fan mm-hmm. um and he just seems to like grow and grow in popularity each year too so i'm like oh i wonder if like deep house is kind of be gonna be this next like move or if that's just where my head is going <laughs> i
0: think he might be techno right.
1: though too. Did yeah. you see Bijou tweeted this week? Cause I'm, I love Bijou. I love like Dr. Fresh and all that shit. Yeah. Um, he tweeted this week. He was like, I'm fuck it. I'm going to make, I'm making techno now. And I was like, here we go. This is <laughs> now it's going to be techno. It went from tech house to techno. And now all the DJs are going to be doing this. <laughs> Finally.
0: That's what I say. Finally. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. all about it. I'm, I love that shit. So I'm all about yeah.
0: it. I think. I actually was listening to um, this old interview with Tiestos from like eight, nine years ago. And he was talking Mm. about how he was starting his after hours label and how it was Mm. like deep house and tech house and stuff. Right. And he's like, this is my best Tiesto impersonation. Let me, let me get into it. Tiesto, Tiesto, put your hands up in the air. Okay. Uh, You know, EDM (laughs) is not different than house and techno. I can't do it. I sound like, (laughs) (laughs) I I I try and talk like him, but his point was, he was like, it's always been here. And it, people just are calling mm-hmm. it different things. Yeah. And now you see somebody like Tiesto, he's putting out house and tech house. He's Alesso putting mm-hmm. out house. Uh, Odessa putting out house. David Guetta yeah. literally created a, a tech house alias called Jack Back. Right. And I know a lot of people, techno elitists, right? They're like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's no room in here for people like that. And I'm like, we need that. right (laughs) those guys are on the main stages playing up and comers house tracks that Mm -hmm. is awesome we need leaders of the industry that are open to new ideas and I think what people don't realize is people like David get Tiesto. you know this music's been around since the 90s that's Mm -hmm. when they started right that's what they were playing they're happier than ever to finally be playing this music again Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah
1: I totally agree I mean and that's why like arc being like happening when it happened um yeah just like makes so much sense and like i've never done movement i'm sure like i'm happy that's coming back this year i feel like that culture in itself is probably fucking wild but arc being when it is and then now that it's like expanding to three days i think is like a testament in itself Mm -hmm. with how that's going and then i've never i haven't gone because it only happened once but i really would love to go to um day trip Yes. In LA, which was like Insomniac's response to um, House Music Festival, so mm-hmm. I, I think we're just gonna see like more and more people wanting that, which I'm all here for. So
0: me too, me too. Yeah. I mean, I could say it time and time again. It is just a really exciting <clears throat> time in dance music because mm-hmm. there's so much innovation going on on every side of the business: the actual festival yeah. aspect, and club aspect, and venues, and the musical aspect, and the collaboration aspect. I mean, during the pandemic, I saw collaborators collaborators between different genres all over the place right mm-hmm. Fusing together these genres that you could never even imagine right like there right. is no genre for some of the music that's out there right now mm-hmm. and it's just like it's awesome because as a dj i'm like i got some weapons yeah like, you guys don't <laughs> even know what i'm gonna drop right now right, right. Like, what the hell was that my feet are moving my face is not you know so right it's like it's just yeah. like a great time as a fan too, of course. So I don't know, just exciting times, but I do agree with you.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I know I, it was just announced too. I didn't get to catch the, the show, but um, I remember people like freaking out because Cascade apparently like played like techno at the end of his like EDC yeah. <laughs> set. And people were like, what the fuck is this? And then they just announced like he's doing a, an alias with Dead Mouse now, yep. which apparently they're playing at EDC. Like I'm going to be there because that will be wild. Yep. Yeah, so seeing that too, it's like, Okay, we're going there, but it's it's exciting. I love that yeah. um, David Guetta and Morton's project, the Future Rave. Yes, me too. Project for some reason just like hits me in the best way possible, and I love it.
0: Ooh, it brings back <laughs> yeah. that old school. It's like the so super good. big sense, like that. Uh, the Fleetwood Mac remix that they have is mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, <laughs> I am like tingling when I hear that shit live. Like it is awesome. Totally. To back, but it's it's got this really great pace on the drop that's not like jumping you're like yeah like I'm raving
1: yeah it is so good yeah I remember he Morton played um it was at EVC Orlando and I remember I just like told my group they put him at like he was on main stage but he played a second show at the Corona Electric Beach which is this like small whatever yeah, yeah. sponsored stage with sand and it was like 10 p.m. there's all these other like big artists on I was like guys trust me, just follow me to the Corona electric beach. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. And we're all like in the front. There's not that many people there. And Morton like comes out and plays all the future rave shit. And we were like, what is going on? This is like a, ma- it was one of the best sets of the whole weekend. Yeah.
0: Awesome.
1: So yeah, it's exciting. I- people are making, coming out with some really, really exciting stuff.
0: For sure. And mm-hmm. I think it's great too. Cause like these OGs, these really, really great producers are being challenged too. Right. Cause they're like oh, like this little guy made this track. Like this is sick. I'm dropping mm-hmm. this. This has inspired me. So yeah. it's just like this incredible, like I said, fusion of, of talent that's like yeah. collaborating to and being inspired by others. And it's just like, I don't know, I'm so excited for the rest of this year because a lot of labels were holding out due to just like uncertainty with marketing mm. and stuff, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. some of these biggest labels, they've had tracks backlogged for like six to eight months. And every time I interview producers, I'm like, so, you know, like, what's your favorite track that you've released? If you could put a, if you could decide, they're like, yeah. dude, I got tracks coming out that are way better than right. in the past. i got to get these <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. right? That's like the common answer. So mm-hmm. that's going to be this year for dance music for sure.
1: Yeah. I think some, a lot of the, um, from what I've heard, like a lot of the festival lineups too, are kind of like carrying over to this year as well. Cause they never happened. So yeah. Finishing out this year and like moving into next year too. I think we'll have some really interesting lineups hopefully.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what do you got the rest of this year? Are you going to Ultra very soon? Super pumped for you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Ultra. I did, I didn't really like get to do Miami Music Week. I only went in 2017. I was like a little young raver. Yeah. So I did one party, <laughs> but this time we're doing it right. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm gonna do Project Glow, uh, which is a new festival in DC in April. Um on the fence about EDC, working on that. We'll see Are what you happens. Really though? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on something for that. Uh-huh. So we'll see. But if it go, if that happens, then yes, I'll be there. All uh, right. and then electric forest and arc are the other ones and EDC Orlando. So that's kind of like my schedule for the rest of the year, but electric forest, I will be a first timer. And that's probably like my most anticipated festival of the year. Very yeah, excited uh, for that.
0: I know I've got to make my way out there. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's so highly regarded. Obviously it's pretty yeah. Chicago. So I've been hearing about it for years. I mean, it's, it's certainly like a way of life. It's one of those festivals. Yes. People go for the festival. They don't even care about the lineup. And obviously the lineup always smacks, but it's like, it's really awesome. The community that Mm -hmm. they built there. I mean, it's so cool. It's literally, I mean, it's the Sherwood forest. Like it's crazy. The videos you see, I'm really jealous. You're going to be able to experience it.
1: Dude. Yeah. I just said, dude, now I'm stealing. dude. Dude. I (laughs) (laughs) We're doing like a whole group camp with like 40 plus people. And same thing. I mean, I think their festival like the people who get it get it and i know like their lineup always kind of like gets mixed reviews but even as like a house fan i respect all the genres and i look at it and i'm like cool i'm actually down for whatever happens that weekend and i'm excited to do some new people i don't really listen to porter robinson that often but yeah why not him in the forest sounds like a great time so
0: exactly (laughs) so we'll see I think the acts there get that like I'm playing it, not EDC, right? Like this yeah. is where I can really different vibe. Yeah. Be creative and play stuff I've never ever played before or like whatever mm-hmm. it is. And and that's probably the best part that I've heard about it is like the sets that these guys are playing. I mean, it's highly regarded, highly coveted as a DJ for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have all our good house artists there too. And yeah, there's going to be some special sets. So very excited for that.
0: Dang. Well, you definitely got to hit me up when you come to Chicago. I'm going to ARC on Sunday. Yes. For sure. Kills yep. me. You can't go all three days, but I got to play North coast on Saturday. Oh, you know, right. how, <laughs> how embarrassing.
1: <laughs> Ew, vlog your trip, vlog your DJ experience. For I sure. See I need it. You. Yeah. You,
0: I'm telling you, like you've got me fired up right now to start. Do it. I do. <laughs> like I told you, I've had like some interviews cancel and literally I was sitting here ready to go for an interview. And yep. he's, like, he's like, I got to push it. I'm like, I got to record something right now. Like right. sitting here ready to go. And yep. I asked Maya, I was like, well, I called her. I was like, I'm here. I got to record something. She's like, just you just went to San Diego. Just talk about your trip to San Diego. I'm like, yeah, good idea. There you go, yeah. right, and yeah. And I just like <laughs> rambled on for 10 minutes and I told my video editor, please cut out all the bullshit there. And I sent her my pictures and videos and she sent mm-hmm. me a draft of today. I was like, this is great. Like, what the hell? I should do this yeah. more
1: people we have filler episodes we're not going to tell you which ones they are but there are filler episodes in there it happens you gotta like think on your feet and just that's when the some of the topic episodes come up i'm like all right well what are people talking about right now (laughs) that's the episode it's 20 minutes calling it a day comes
0: out the truth yeah yeah it's okay it's okay Mm -hmm.
1: sometimes Uh, those end up doing the best so yes you never know so true Mm -hmm.
0: And like you said, overarching, got to have fun with the process, no matter what, love what you do.
1: Yep. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: Emma, you're great.
1: <laughs> Thank you. This is, I seriously, so I, this is why I love this shit. Cause I'm like, we could talk about this forever, but we'll continue when you come on the podcast. Yes. Pick up. I'm yeah. already
0: excited. I mean, I'm oh, definitely yeah. going to have that moment afterwards that we talked about. I'm like, ah, I love this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: Well, you go enjoy your night, pet your dog, take him out of the bathroom because this has been over an hour. I know he's got to go. Yeah. And um enjoy your trip to Miami or yeah, to Miami. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited for the people to hear this. It's gonna be an awesome episode. And if you made it all the way through, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks, guys.